Hello, and welcome to Baha'i Blogcast, with me, your host, Rain Wilson. This is where I interview members of the Baha'i faith and other friends from all over the world about their hearts and minds and souls, their spiritual journeys, what they're interested in, and what makes them tick. Enjoy. Hey there, everybody. It's me, Rain Wilson. I mean, really, who else would it be? Why do I even say that at this point? Although, maybe we need some special guest hosts. Maybe people are tired of my weird voice blabbing on and on. Uh, That would be a good idea. You know what? I'm going to start thinking about that. So this episode is a little bit different. It's a little bit shorter, and it's a little bit weird. And it has to do with an online introduction to the Baha'i faith that is animated that I have been working on with some friends and collaborators, including the people here at Baha'i Blog and Nason Naragi. We've been working on it for almost two years, really, and released it at the bicentenary of the birth of the Bob. Like I said, it's an animated introduction to the Baha'i faith. Here's a little thing I wrote about it on Baha'i Teachings, who have hosted it and promoted this video, and we're up well over a million views at this point on both YouTube and Facebook. So that is super cool. Uh, Here's what I wrote uh, by way of an introduction to the thing. In the Baha'i faith, an introductory discussion about the faith, its teachings, concepts, truths, and mysteries is called a fireside. I've attended hundreds of Baha'i firesides in my day. I've personally spoken at or presented dozens and dozens as well in people's homes and churches, in community halls, as well as in larger venues. In truth, a fireside does not need to be any kind of formal conversation. It can simply be two friends or acquaintances having a chat about spiritual topics in a park, a coffee shop, or a bus stop, as long as it includes the important parts of a Baha'i fireside, love, heartfelt connection, and some sharing of concepts about the divine reality. Now, over the years, after creating the digital media company Soul Pancake, and after speaking across the country to young people at universities about all manner of topics, including the Baha'i faith, I started to think about what an online Baha'i fireside might look like. How, I wondered, can one have an intimate conversation about the spiritual concepts and framework of the Baha'i faith with viewers or friends on the internet? After all, isn't that where most of the conversations, hangouts, and sharing of information now happens? At the same time, I started thinking about what might be the best way for me to present the key beliefs of my faith, a faith that many Americans know little to nothing about. How do I formulate a heartfelt summary of an extraordinarily complex world religion that has in its library hundreds of books and tablets, prayers, sophisticated social teachings, and a rich, complicated history that could and does fill volumes? As I became better and better known as an actor— particularly as that eccentric beet farmer paper salesman, I started zeroing in on a key idea in the talks I gave. I realized that if I didn't provide context about the beliefs of a follower of the Baha'i faith, that listeners would often become quite lost and confused. That's when I stumbled upon the idea of setting up, for the purposes of comparison, the overarching beliefs of some other systems that the attendee might be more familiar with, such as atheism and Christianity, perhaps the two most popular worldviews that exist in the United States right now. 
by comparing the Baha'i, quote, cosmology, or grand sweeping belief system, to the cosmologies of these other ways of seeing the world, I found that folks at some of these fireside gatherings were much more able to digest and process the information. In other words, I saw light bulbs go on. That led me to distill the conversation and write it up as something to share online. This realization formed the genesis of this short, 14-minute animated presentation about the Baha'i faith, a fun, low-key, intimate talk that people can share and discuss. Okay, so maybe it's not really a conversation or even really a fireside. I mean, it's a bit one-sided with me yapping the whole time, but hopefully it's a conversation and even a fireside starter. So I hope you like this little labor of love coming out during the sacred bicentenary celebration of the birth of one of the founders of the Baha'i movement, the Bob. Pass it around. Thanks for watching. Special thanks to my collaborators, Baha'iTeachings.org, Baha'i Blog, and Swiss VBS. The end. So Swiss VBS is an animation company in Toronto, and... Uh, Shaheen Subhani is one of the owners and is a Baha'i, and they were wonderful to collaborate with, and they did the animation. They mostly do animations for corporations, like training videos and whatnot, and they did an excellent job. So obviously what we've done here is not really a fireside at all. It is just a presentation, informative introduction to the Baha'i faith, but I like what I said in the essay that this could be a fireside starter so it might be a fun thing to show someone at work or at school and begin a conversation. Um, it's interesting to see the comments online, mostly more angry atheists than angry Christians. I tried to be very respectful of atheist belief system and of a Christian belief system and not belittle it or deride it or mock it in any way, shape, or form. I think that a lot of atheists were put off by me saying an atheist cosmology, and they were, you know, adamant that, hey, listen, the only thing an atheist, being an atheist means is we don't believe in God. And other than that, atheists believe in whatever they want. But I think it's pretty clear in the video, and my point is that most atheists, I'd say 99.5% of them, believe in science and use science as a way of explaining the universe around them and bringing meaning and reason to the world around them. Um, and we did have uh, a lot of Christians that, you know, s quoted, you know, Jesus is the way of the light and there's no way to the Father except through him. But, you know, I feel like that's pretty well addressed as well. A lot of Baha'i criticism came mostly from, well, I wouldn't have put it this way. I would have stressed this or I would have said this differently or I would have, you know, gone in through a different front door or I would have you know, emphasized these other points more. I wouldn't have phrased that in this exact way. And that's fine. And this is why there's no clergy in the Baha'i faith. This is not an official video. This is just one guy's explanation, as I put at the beginning. And other people should do more. I mean, I think we need more online content that's shareable, that's fun, that's accessible. And this shouldn't be it. There should be other animated ones and other people on YouTube and find other ways to bring the central ideas of the Baha'i faith across to people. So, you know, that was the whole point of this, is there seemed to be a kind of a great lack of shareable online content that distills some basic Baha'i beliefs for people um, in an easy-to-digest way that sparks conversation and 
allows people to want to seek out more information. So that's why we did it. I hope you enjoy it. This is simply the audio version. There's no animation. Picture whatever animation you want in your head. You can picture something out of Yellow Submarine or Fantastic Planet or The Simpsons or Family Guy. Whatever kind of uh, animation you most like, you can picture that happening and bopping around behind your eyeballs as you listen to this introductory talk about the Baha'i Faith. So enjoy. Hi, my name is Rain Wilson, and here's an animated introduction to the Baha'i Faith that I put together with the help of some friends. So I'm going to be trying to give you a general overview of the Baha'i Faith, and it does bear noting that there are no clergy in the Baha'i Faith, so I'm just a regular Baha'i, just like all of the other regular Baha'is on the planet, and I have my own perspective, my own way of seeing the world and interpreting the Baha'i Holy Writings. There are no rabbis or priests or gurus or mullahs in the Baha'i faith, no intermediaries between the common worshiper or devotee and the holy writings or God. That is to say that this little exploration in no way should be viewed as definitive or official in any way, just one guy's perspective on what his faith is about. I want to start off by talking about the word cosmology. Literally, the word means the study of the cosmos— Logia plus universe or cosmos, something like that. But I'm using the word as it relates to an overarching worldview, taking a look at a belief system from a 20,000-foot perspective. So before we get to the cosmology of the Baha'i faith, let's take a quick look at some of the other ones. What is the cosmology of atheism, for instance? Probably some words and thoughts come immediately to mind, like science and evolution, the Big Bang. So the atheist universal belief system, or cosmology, in broad strokes, is that there was a big empty space, and then there was some kind of explosion from a tiny speck, and within seconds, atoms erupted and formed into molecules and elements, and all of this energy and matter burst forth from this primal point, eventually becoming galaxies and solar systems and planets like ours. Energy, matter, plus apparently dark matter and dark energy, and time itself were all created in one random explosion over 13 billion years ago. So our watery mud ball Earth was spinning around our sun for a few billion years, and then something happened. I don't know, maybe a lightning bolt hit an ocean or a meteorite fell in and created the first tiny specks of molecular life. The specks eventually became guppies, which eventually became tadpoles and eventually crawled on land and became pterodactyls and marmosets and bunnies and apes and then human beings. Voila, evolution. Science is then the driving force behind the universe, which has no underlying or objective meaning, according to an atheist or materialist. The consciousness that we are experiencing right now is simply a result of our highly evolved and very large brains. There's not any real difference between us and monkeys. We just have larger brains that have evolved into being able to know that we will someday die. Brains that can create beautiful works of art, fall in love. Our highly evolved consciousness is simply a matter of more evolved gray matter. The only meaning we find in life is purely subjective and personal. If our work gives us meaning or our family or our children or hobbies or nature, great. Go for that thing. There's not supernatural creator God, as his existence can't be scientifically verified, and therefore there's no objective moral truth. Now, let's think about what a Christian cosmology might look like. 
Forgive me for being reductive or simplistic with either of these belief systems, but in a nutshell, there were a number of Jewish prophets every few hundred years in and around Judea and Palestine, and then all of a sudden, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ was born of the virgin birth, was baptized, saw the Holy Spirit manifested in a dove, and preached the gospel, performed many miracles, and eventually was put to death. The only way to the Father is through him, and he died for our sins on the cross, and then was resurrected three days later and went back up to be with his Father. Someday he will return and take true believers with him and or rebuild the kingdom of God on earth. The Christian universe view holds that salvation of one's immortal soul comes from believing in Christ, being baptized, and that good Christians eventually go to heaven and that most others go to hell. Now, there's a lot more to Christianity than that, just as there's more to atheism than what I previously described, but it gives you a wide-angle lens view of what they believe. Now, let's take a look at the Baha'i cosmology. I'll start with one word, one name, Baha'u'llah. Baha'is follow the teachings of Baha'u'llah, who was the founder of the Baha'i faith. He lived not long ago, actually, in the mid-1800s, and was a Persian nobleman who turned away from his high-status position and instead became a great spiritual teacher. The name Baha'u'llah means the glory of God. In Arabic, Baha is glory and Allah is God, of course. It's those two words kind of mashed up together. And this is what Baha'u'llah taught. Baha'is believe there is only one God. Call him or her or it, whatever you like, Allah, Jehovah, Gaia, the Great Spirit. But all people who worship are praying to the same God, an all-loving, all-knowing creative force in us and around us, as well as in an infinite amount of other universes beyond this material one. So point number one, there is only one God. This is the first key aspect of the Baha'i cosmology, one God, remember that. The next aspect is that there is only one religion. That's right. Baha'u'llah taught that there is, in actuality, only one religion. Now, you might say, hey, that sounds crazy. There's dozens of religions, and they all believe in hundreds of very different things. How can that be? Well, Baha'u'llah taught that there is only one faith ever unfolding as revealed by that one God that I previously mentioned. This one faith is gradually revealed and updated by certain divine teachers who come along every 500 or 1,000 years or so. You've heard of many of them before. Holy men or prophets or messengers that go by the names of Abraham, Zoroaster, Krishna, Moses, the Buddha, Jesus, and Muhammad, the forerunner of the Baha'i faith, the Bab, and now Baha'u'llah. Think of it this way. You have a computer that gets various updates to its operating system, right? You've got Cougar and then Leopard and then Mountain Tiger and Mountain Leopard 3.5, etc. They all build on one another. When you get a new operating system, it's an update to what was there previously. Same with iPhones. You had the 3 and then the 3S and the 5 Plus and now the 7 or 8 or whatever phone is next. Well, it's the same thing with religion, just as humanity needs to progress materially, socially, and technologically, we as a species need to progress spiritually as well. God takes care of this by sending his specially appointed messengers and teachers to update his message or his operating system. Baha'is call this idea of a gradually unfolding faith of God progressive revelation. Baha'u'llah calls this one faith that is progressively revealed the changeless faith of God, eternal in the past, eternal in the future. 
And eventually, a long time from now, this creator will send more holy teachers for humanity's spiritual guidance. Now, it would be easy to look at the differences in the various religious faiths that these men founded. There are certainly a great deal of differences between, say, Islam and Buddhism. But if you really look at what the prophets themselves taught, what they specifically said or what they were supposed to have said, remember, people usually didn't write down what they were saying for hundreds of years after they died, there are way more similarities than differences. What are some of these universal truths taught by these divine manifestations of God? Well, how about the idea that we should all love one another? That's pretty universal through all religions. All you need is love. The golden rule exists in some form in literally every major world religion. What about the idea that there is a reality greater than our merely physical life, that there is some kind of afterlife, that our reality is not that we are just bodies in three-dimensional space, but that we have a soul or spirit that continues on its journey after the lease on our meat suits runs out? that this material world is kind of an illusion and that there is a deeper reality above, beyond, and behind this physical veil. This goes hand in hand with the concept that we have dual natures. Although the physical world has its importance, the pursuits of selfish animal, sensual, or ego-focused desires and fulfillments of our baser needs is pointless and will not ultimately make us happy. But if we pursue spiritual service to others and goodly deeds and compassionate acts, they will lead to true fulfillment and spiritual bliss. Prayer and meditation. Those are two universal actions for enlightenment that run through all the world's major religions. The concept that there is a divinely ordained idea of right and wrong, a morality, as it were, good deeds and bad deeds, and that there are reverberations and repercussions for both. The list of commonalities goes on and on. So what did Baha'u'llah, the most recent prophet of God, teach? Well, I'd like to go to a metaphor about these prophets that is really interesting. Baha'u'llah calls these holy teachers divine physicians. He says this, and it's kind of a long quote, so get ready. You ready? Okay, here we go. The all-knowing physician hath his finger on the pulse of humankind. He perceiveth the disease and prescribeth in his unerring wisdom the remedy. Every age has its own problem, and every soul its particular aspiration. The remedy the world needeth in its present-day afflictions can never be the same as that which a subsequent age may require. Be anxiously concerned with the needs of the age ye live in and center your deliberations on its exigencies and requirements." So as I see it, in a nutshell, he's saying that these divine physicians come down to earth at a specific time and place and do two things. They diagnose the illness for the time and place, and they prescribe a cure, a spiritual cure for what the world needs at that time, just like a doctor. But, and it's the last sentence of the quote that I love most, be anxiously concerned with the needs of the age you live in. The last sentence is a command, be anxiously concerned, and basically focus your conversations and actions on today's urgent needs and look for solutions. So, and here's my question for you, if you were a divine physician sent down to diagnose the world's spiritual problems in this modern age of humanity, what would you come up with? And what would you prescribe for that illness? I'll give you a second. Okay, time's up. I'm guessing you might have thought about all the disunity on the planet today, right? Differences of race, class, economics, gender issues, politics. 
Well, this brings us to the main spiritual teaching of Baha'u'llah. The earth is but one country and mankind its citizens. In other words, the third major key point of the Baha'i cosmology, one humanity. The differences that divided us for eons must be healed as we are in this day and age, one human family and need to act like it. Today, about one billion people go to bed hungry each night. If your brother or sister or family member went to bed hungry, would you allow it? Racism is probably something that popped up in your brain as you were ruminating before. The elimination of racial prejudice is one of the most central tenets of the Baha'i faith and a must for healing humanity and uniting us all. And that goes hand in hand with another big issue that probably came up for you in your personal diagnosis. Economic injustice, the disparity between rich and poor. Right now, 26 men own as much wealth as half the planet. That's 3.7 billion people. Now, there's nothing wrong with those 26 men starting awesome businesses, but this statistic is just plain wrong. It's unjust and unsustainable. It's also unjust and unsustainable that women are treated like second-class citizens, subjugated in the developing world as well as in the West. Baha'u'llah was perhaps the first spiritual teacher to advocate for gender equality and justice. And this was back in the 1860s in the Middle East, a truly revolutionary act. Baha'u'llah also addressed the need for science and religion to be in harmony. He said they were like the two wings of a bird, and we need both wings to fly. Baha'u'llah once wrote, Religion without science is superstition. Science without religion is materialism. So Baha'u'llah, Baha'is believe, is the divine physician for this day and age, the prophet for the modern world, and is seeking to unify humanity. He said, let your vision be world-embracing. And he also said, all men have been created to carry forward an ever-advancing civilization. Millions of Baha'is around the world are doing our best to put his teachings into action each day, bring love and harmony to an ailing planet, fight for social justice from a spiritual perspective, and live lives of service. I guess the thing I'll leave you with is an action item. To read some of Baha'u'llah's writings, investigate his faith. Maybe check out Baha'i.org or Baha'iTeachings.org and make a decision. He is one of two things. Either he is a very, very wise man who brought beautiful, important, mystical teachings of peace, or he is who he says he is and is a divine physician sent by God, giving humanity what it most desperately needs in this day and age. Either way, let's all work together, atheist, Christian, Baha'i, and everyone else, to make the world a more loving, just, and better place. Thanks for listening. So I hope you enjoyed that. We worked really hard on it, like I said, uh, two years from top to tail, sending the emails back and forth, uh, scripting this, narrating it, and obviously the animation takes a very, very long time. Lots of different drafts and iterations and storyboards and animatics and notes going back and forth, style, tone, uh, etc. So I hope you enjoyed this audio version of the animated fireside. Happy bicentenary of the birth of the Bob to you all, and we'll see you very soon with another interview on the Baha'i blogcast. Thanks so much again for listening.
Thanks for listening to Baha'i Blogcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode and the conversation. Check out more fun Baha'i stuff on Baha'iblog.net. Thank you so much, and good night.